Good morning, church. How's everybody doing? Good, good. I'm, I'm struggling with this being, you know, wearing shorts on one day and then waking up the next day and it being 36 degrees outside and just being so cold. Anybody else struggling with that this morning? Yeah, I can't. I don't, my brain can't compute. It's like, all right, Texas, what are we doing here? We're continuing our sermon series today on true belonging. What does it mean to try to belong in society? We talked about that the first thing that we need to do is to take off our mask, right? That we have a fitting in culture, and by trying to fit in, we're not truly who we are, and so it's, it's difficult to truly belong. You can only belong when you're authentic to who you are and who God has made you to be. And last week we started our first couple tools that we have to try to belong in society, to truly belong. And the first is that uh, people are hard to hate close up, and we're called to move in, right? This is so important that we need to lean into people so that we see them for who they are. We see them as people rather than someone we disagree with or the enemy or something like that. And the second one relates to it, which is that we're called to hold hands with strangers. That if we see that we have common experience with people, even though we may be different, we may be different people with different viewpoints, but if we have common experience, we know that we can be united in that common experience. The problem is, is that when we do those things, when we move in, when we lean into people and we hold hands with strangers, there's going to be conflict, right? It's just going to happen. We have differences of opinions, difference of way of handling things. There's going to be conflict. And so today we're going to talk about how to handle that conflict by speaking truth, but at the same time, the call to be civil. A good friend of mine dealt with a, a, a situation in her church. She was a leader in her church. She sang in the band, and uh, she often did the announcements. And during one of those announcements, she mentioned that at their Christmas party, this was a smaller church, and they were having a Christmas party, that they were going to do a Chinese auction. Now, that's not the most PC way of saying that, right? And so it offended some people by her saying it that way. Uh, and, and now she meant nothing by it. She really did nothing wrong. That's the way it had always been called in, in her house growing up. And she was just saying, yeah, that's what, that's what we're doing. Well, the way the church handled it was by calling her out publicly, and she kind of felt shamed. And eventually eroded her relationship with the church. So when we're talking about this idea of, of speaking truth and yet being civil, another way to handle that would have been to say, hey, did you know that by calling it a Chinese auction, that might, might cause pain to people from China, right? Because if you think about the game, you steal things from people. Uh, a lot of times you bring junk, right? And so maybe it is an offensive thing to say to someone to call it a Chinese auction. Maybe calling it a, a white elephant gift exchange might be better. But, and there, there could have been some disagreement there. But by doing it publicly and by shaming her, it caused deep pain that eventually led to a rift of her leaving the church. And this is what we're talking about. It's both important to speak truth, that when we're hurt, that we need to go to people and let them know why we're hurt, but also do it in a way with love. We're to speak truth in love is what Ephesians 4.15 says. So this is absolutely important to us today. Our society questions whether there is even truth, right? You may have heard it said, you have your truth and I have my truth. And with all of the things going on in our overload of information, it can be difficult to even determine what is the truth, right? We have more information in our fingertips right now than ever before, and yet somehow we are still so divided because we're just flooded with information. And you can, you can have an argument about the same thing, and both sides will bring up, what, two dozen articles, right, with all sorts of facts that, that show you their side. So it's hard to discern the truth today. But when we do know, when we are speaking truth, right, because we believe in truth, Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. If we call ourselves Christians, we don't just believe that Jesus 
one of many different ways to God. We believe that, God, that Jesus is the way to God. Now, that doesn't mean that we're rude to people of other religions. I hope that people who are Buddhist or Muslim or Jewish think that their way is the right way of understanding things, right? But we believe as Jesus that he is the way and the truth and the life. We believe in truth. We believe there's reality. Now, we don't always understand truth in the same way. Two of us may look at the same situation and see things differently. And that's why it's so important to speak truth but be civil. Our scripture reading today comes from Acts chapter 4. I hope you brought your Bible. Acts is in the New Testament. It's right after the Gospels. It's the fifth book. And this is the story of the church. This is the story of the church forming and being sent off into mission. This is after Jesus had ascended into heaven and he had sent the Holy Spirit and the day of Pentecost had happened. And the power of Jesus started to indwell in the disciples. And they began to heal people around them. And they got in trouble for it. Actually, Peter and John get thrown in jail. And now this isn't going to be on your screen. I'm going to read a little bit of the context before we get to our scripture today. But they get thrown in jail because they heal people in Jesus' name. And the Jewish people, the leaders, are desperate to stop Jesus. This idea about Jesus. They don't want this new thing to happen because it threatens their power. So this is what it says. The next day, the leaders, elders, and legal experts gathered in Jerusalem, along with an Annas the high priest, Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and others from the high priest priest family. They had Peter and John brought before them and asked, by what power or in what name did you do this? Then Peter, inspired by the Holy Spirit, said, leaders and other and people and elders, are we being examined today because something good was done for a sick person, a good deed that healed him? If so, then you know that all people of Israel need to know that this man stands healthy before you because of the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene. Whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. This Jesus is the stone you builders rejected. He has become the cornerstone. Salvation can be found in no one else throughout the whole world. No other name has been given among humans, which we must be saved. The council was caught by surprise by the confidence with which Peter and John spoke. After all, they understood these things. These apostles were uneducated and inexperienced. They also recognized that they had been followers of Jesus. However, since the healed man was standing with Peter and John, before their own eyes, they had no rebuttal. After ordering them to wait outside, each of the council members began to confer with each other. What should we do with these men? Everyone living in Jerusalem is aware of the sign they performed through them. It's obvious to everyone, and we can't deny it. To keep it from spreading further among the people, we need to warn them not to speak anymore. And this is where the verse picks up. Or, when they called Peter... And John back, they demanded that they stop all speaking and teaching in the name of Jesus. Now hear, what, hear how Peter and John responds. Peter and John responded, It is up to you to determine whether it is right before God to obey you rather than God. As for us, we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. Let me say it again. As for us, we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and what we have heard. Now imagine this story, right? You have Peter and John, they heal someone and they get thrown in jail from it. And you can see the leaders just desperate as if there's a howling gale outside to shut the door and just prevent this Jesus movement from taking off. And they tell them, they, they offer them a deal, right? If you'll just stop speaking right now, we won't throw you in jail. We won't kill you. We won't do any of those things. And, and this must have been tempting for, for Peter and John, right? Peter was told by Jesus at the end of his life, we see the story in John, that he would eventually be thrown in jail and, and, and die for serving God. 
And John himself also would be uh, exiled as well. So they knew that if they continued to follow God, that they would have difficulty ahead, right? Or they could choose to take the, the deal that was being offered. Just be quiet, right? Just be quiet. Just don't say anything. I think this is the temptation that we have today sometimes, that it is easier just not to say something, because if we say something, we might hurt the relationship, right? And so they had to decide, are we just going to allow the status quo to continue, or are we going to follow God? And they said, you know, it's up to you to decide whether it's better to listen to you or to God. But for us, we can't help but follow God. And they went and they continued about the work that they were called to do. This is what we are called as Christians. We are called to speak truth into our society. But Ephesians 4.15, as I said, reminds us to speak truth with love. That sometimes when we think that we have truth on our side, it gives us license to be mean to people, right? We've all seen it. We've all, maybe we've all participated in it. Because you feel right and you feel vindicated. You feel self-righteous, maybe. You feel it's okay to dehumanize or demean someone who has a different opinion. Just because you're right doesn't mean that you are allowed to not be kind. We're supposed to speak the truth and be civil. One of the, the biggest enemies, now this, of course, this sermon series is based on Brene Brown's Brave in the Wilderness. And uh, her chapter is actually a little bit more colorful. It's speak truth to BS, except she actually says, you know, the word, um, and be civil. But BS is something that we struggle against in our world. She says that lying is denial of the truth, but that BS is dismissal of the truth. Lying is denial of the truth. BS is dismissal of the truth. And it takes a lot more energy. It's kind of like when we redirect the truth. You know, we've all done it. We've all kind of BS a little bit to, to make ourselves feel better. This is one way that we fit in is we try to maybe act like we know something and we don't. It can be very difficult to say rather than, you know, because we have all of the information at our fingertips, we try to pretend that we know everything about everything, right? Rather than saying, you know, I don't know much about that. Can you tell me more? So BS is, is trying to fit in it. It's redirecting the truth. And it takes a lot more energy to undo BS than it does to, to give BS. And our society is so full of it, right? We're so full of people misleading others that it's so difficult for us to know what is true and what is not true. And this takes different forms. The, the BS takes different forms. It can be pretending that we know something we don't, right? That was one. I just mentioned that. Another one can be either-or language. Either you are for us or you're against us. Anybody ever heard that before? You know, I, I know that um, George W. Bush and some of our politicians after 9-11 would say, either you are for us or you're against us. But that makes it seem like there's only two camps. There's only two possibilities. And it's also BS. Jesus would often seek the third way, the other way, the, the way that didn't make you form into two categories. A great example that we've shared before is the turn the other cheek. You know, we are called to love our enemies. The human in us wants us to either fight or flight, right? We either fight or run away. But Jesus gives a third way to stand, to take the punishment, and to make them treat you as an equal through that punishment. This is some of the things that Gandhi and Martin Luther King used to change our society. There is usually a third way. It's rarely either or language. You know one of the people who pioneered that either or language was Benito Mussolini in World War II. Either you're for us or you're against us. Maybe that's not something we want to say. But this is part of our sorting into society, right? Either you believe exactly what I believe or you're against me. I've encountered a lot where people will say, if you don't agree with me, you hate me. 
That's just not a true statement. We can disagree and not hate one another. We can see things differently. We'd have different worldviews, different perspectives, different understanding. You know, I really want to, to combat the idea that we can't talk about politics and religion at Thanksgiving. I was warned against this by my lovely wife this year that she's like, David, now you do not bring up, because I, like I like to argue, right? I like to debate. I like to engage in conversation. Um, but why can't we discuss things that we disagree? Why do we have to get so upset? Why do we have to get so frustrated just because we disagree with somebody? Disagreement is what helps us learn. We can say, tell me more about your perspective, And maybe by us offering that to someone else, they'll say, tell me more about your perspective. So one, that's another aspect. One aspect of BS is when we pretend to know things we don't. Another aspect is either or, that false dichotomy. As we lean into belonging, we're going to encounter it. We're going to encounter conflict. We're going to encounter people of different experiences, different backgrounds, different understanding. And I do think that we're called to speak the truth in love. So what does that look like? In, our, in your GPS, you were given a, another little handout with the braving. And, and this is, we talked about braving as how we have trust with one another, but it also can speak to how we speak truth in the middle of difficulty, in the middle of conflict. So the B stands for brownies. And last time I forgot the V, I, I noticed I spelled braying instead of braving. Um, but uh, it, there is a V as well. So, boundaries. So, when we talk about boundaries, is, is this the statement within the boundaries of truth as God defines truth? We need to think about how God defines truth. How does God want me to respond in this situation? Is it reliable? Is the truth found in the Bible new to me or one I have avoided? Or is the truth that we're in, encountering something that I actually know about? Is it something that I, that I can speak truthfully about? Accountable. Are you honest with truth? Are you the one that tends to BS? Are you the one that tends to color the truth? Vault. Um, the vault here is God's plan. Do I share that with others in a truthful way? Do I honor God with my sharing? Integrity. Does my lifestyle reflect honesty and the value of a true disciple of God? Non-judgment. Do my thoughts and actions reflect an open and understanding human, not one with preset opinions or expectations in others? So we can come into to situations where we disagree with people, but not judging other people. Oftentimes, that's what we do. We talked about this last week. When we disagree with someone, we want to judge their motives. We want to judge who they are, rather than just judge their statement, right? Maybe it, it's just a misunderstanding. I shared the story of my friend. That was just a misunderstanding. But the way that the, the other people reacted is they felt offended and hurt, and they lashed out with their emotion and their pain. And when we do that, when we lash out with our emotion and pain, the other people certainly aren't going to listen to us, are they? Right? And the last one is G, which is generosity. Do I, do I act in a way that is generous with the feelings and thoughts and opinions of others while still standing up for what I believe? Peter and John felt that they must listen to God and not to humans. There's things that as Christians, as followers of Jesus, that we must share with others. Obviously, the good news of the gospel, right? We cannot keep that to ourselves. We need to invite other people into relationship with God. But there's also things about how we treat one another with kindness and love and generosity that we cannot keep to ourselves. We must speak to the truth of who God calls us to be in society. And we must speak to justice. 
We must, when we see injustice, it is our duty to call it out. Now, I think we have to be careful because I think one of the things we have seen in society is that if you don't speak to justice, that people judge you for it, right? I can't tell you how many times I've seen as a pastor because of some world event that has happened, they say, like, if you're a pastor, you have to preach on this this Sunday, right? And that's, that's not the case either. We can't just be judging people because they don't have the same opinion that we do. But we need to go to others and speak truth in love for others. So here's a few things on how we can do this as we look to speak truth and be civil. That we have been entrusted with this message that we are called to share. So one of the ways we can do this is by asking questions. When you encounter someone who has an opinion that you think is incorrect or different than yours, ask questions and learn more. Tell me more is an incredibly powerful statement. And like I said, maybe that'll allow them to listen to what you have to say. The second thing we do uh, is seek to grow in knowledge together. What if in rather this is instead of like I have the knowledge and I'm trying to share it with you, what if it was a journey together? What if you had a disagreement with someone and you said instead of us disagreeing and arguing with one another, let us both learn more about this together? Would that change your discussion? Would that change your argument? How would that be uh, in these discussions? Would it change who we are to journey together? What we always must do when we have dis- disagreements, even when we're speaking truth, even when the other person has done something incorrect, we need to speak truth with love. I'll give you a great example in, in my ministry of, of when someone did this to me. I have a strong part of me that desires for people to be included, right? Even to a fault. Like, it's really good to include people, but there's a point where it goes too far, and that's when you break some of the values that you have. And I was, this is when I was a campus minister. We had a band, and there was a covenant that they agreed to. There were certain things they agreed to follow, certain things that they said they would try to follow and imitate Christ, and that they would also show up and be at the band practice every single week that they were supposed to play. And if they couldn't be there at the band practice, they wouldn't play on Tuesday. And so there was this young man, and he was a, a wonderful human, but he was struggling with many things that a lot of college students do, right? Responsibility, uh, drinking, uh, following up with what he, what he said he would do, integrity. And he certainly wasn't following the life that we want to put when we put a leader up in front of people. But I kept trying to force him in there, right? I kept trying to make the band take him. Like, okay, give him another chance. Um, he's going to show up. He would mispractice. I'd be like, just let him play on Tuesday. It's fine. I was breaking my own rules because I wanted to make him feel included. And what the band did is they called me one Sunday. I didn't usually go to practice. They asked me to come to practice. And the band (laughs) sat me down and said, David, this isn't right. You have told us that you have expectations for the band. You have given us rules to follow, and you have said that this is the way that we should act. And we have all agreed to this. And yet you continually allow this person to break the rules. First of all, I was in shock, right? <laughs> like, wow, that, that these college students were willing to call me, hold me accountable to the things that I said. But after a moment, you know, we, we, we have those moments where we think about, okay, am I going to get upset about this? Am I going to get angry about it? But after a moment, I was so incredibly proud of them. I was so incredibly proud how they spoke that truth to me. Because they didn't hide it. They didn't ignore it. They didn't just do what I wanted them to do because I was in authority. They did the right thing. They came to me and they expected, expressed the truth. And then we all sat down with that young man and, and we told him how it was going to be, that this is the situation, that he had to either live up to the expectations or he was not going to be able to play in the band. 
What a powerful, life-changing moment that was for me and for those people. You see, as we talk about truth and the gospel and what God has called us to do, we have to speak truth when we feel called to do it. But we do it with love and kindness, civility. We don't attack people for their beliefs. We do it by listening to them. We do it by inviting them to journey with us to grow more in, the, in knowledge. But we have to stand up for what we believe is true, for the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.